Welcome to the March 7th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 9, verses 1 through 25, and the sermon is entitled, I Once Was Blind, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. Get your Bible out, turn with me to the Gospel of John. We are going to open chapter 9 today, moving along in an expositional study, verse by verse, through the Gospel of John. This book in your New Testament is a supreme witness to the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And as John records the high points of Jesus' ministry, he he says at the end of his gospel, there's no way we could write down everything that Jesus did. The world could not contain the books. But he writes down the high points of Jesus' life and ministry, and we learn this truth through this gospel and through the other gospels of Jesus' life in the Bible. It certainly is this. Jesus did not lay down his robes of glory and Uh, his power in heaven to come to this earth to be rich or famous or popular. That's not why Jesus came. He came to be born in a barn. He came uh, with one set of clothes. He came with no home to really call his own. According to the evidence that we see in the Gospels, he didn't carry any money with him at all. He gave up his heavenly glory and his heavenly comforts to come to live with us, to take on the cloak of humanity that he would walk among us as God in the flesh. And the reason he came as God in the flesh is so he could die in the flesh for those of us who are sinners. And that's every single one of us. We need him. And he died on the cross to give us forgiveness of our sin. He gave up his heavenly comfort to come find lost sheep. Praise God, he came to find me. Praise God, he came to find you. He came to find every person in the world. He died a criminal's death. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. It was a borrowed tomb because he didn't need it but three days. And we're, praise God, we know that he was risen on on account of our eternal life. So God Almighty laid aside glory, walked among us in humility to find us. And that's the truth of the Gospel of John. Now today we're going to open chapter 9, a wonderful story of an event in Jesus' life. The entire chapter deals with Jesus healing a man who was born blind. And as we go through this chapter, we see all the ripple effects that take place after the healing of the man born blind. We're going to begin by reading John chapter 9. We're going to go through 25 verses today, so keep your Bible open. We're going to look at verses 1 through 12 right now. So Open your Bible with me, turn to that passage, John chapter 9, go to verse 1. Hear these words from God's Word about a magnificent healing that Jesus conducts as the Son of God. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, Wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. 
The neighbors, therefore, and they which had before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. Keep your Bible open. We'll go on further from here. But as we look at those first 12 verses of John chapter 9, opening the passage, let me begin with this. Why did Jesus bring forth miracles? Really, there are three reasons that Jesus brought forth miracles in his ministry. Number one, he simply brought a miracle to meet a human need, to heal someone of a disease or a problem they had, and he took care of that and improved their life completely by healing them. So the first reason was to meet a human need. The second reason Jesus brought forth the miracles is he used that miracle to teach a truth of God. Today's miracle is going to give us a truth about light, and you'll see that as we go through the sermon. The third reason Jesus brought forth the miracles is they were his credentials, so to speak. They were showing the world that he had the authority and the power of God to bring forth a miracle. So as people saw his miracles, they saw the act of God himself bringing forth life, bringing forth healing only by the power of God. So in John chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples are still in Jerusalem. It's important for you to note that this is the Jewish Sabbath day, which would be Saturday. The Jews are the only group of people God gave Saturday worship to. We worship on Resurrection Day. We worship on Sunday. As Christians, we worship on the day of Jesus' resurrection. But the Jewish nation was given Saturday as their day of worship, so this is the Sabbath day. Jesus walks by a man, and as he walks by, it is very evident that this man is blind. He isn't blind by a progressive disease, but rather he was blind from the womb. He had not seen light at all in his life. Now, there was one way for a blind man to make a living, to simply sit on a street corner, and the passers-by would be so kind as to throw a penny or so in his container. So a blind man had no way to make a living other than by begging. That was instantaneously what was happening here. So as Jesus and his disciples walked past him, the disciples asked Jesus a question. Master, what caused this man to be blind? Was it for some grievous sin that he had done? Or perhaps his parents sinned so grievously that God had stricken their child in the womb with blindness so that the child was born blind because of the parent's sin. And Jesus said, this blindness is not for punishment at all. But rather, this blindness is for God's glory, God's healing to shine forth. Sadly, physical problems and sickness and disease are part of our human condition as sinful, fallen earth. You know, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created to live eternally. They were not going to die. But the moment Adam and Eve fell into sin and dragged all of humanity into sin, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, bodily problems began to happen. So that one day to come, their death would come. Now, you'll notice in that era of time in the Old Testament, people lived 800, 900 years. 
but it's because their bodies were fashioned to be eternal. They were getting used to being human now and would face death one day to come. But Adam and Eve would face death because of sin. All of humanity will face death because of sin. We live in a fallen creation because of sin. So all of us deal with that. Now, the blind man is not being punished by God, but rather this is an opportunity for God to bring a miracle of grace and blessing into his life, not just for him to see, but for all to be able to see. St. Jesus says himself here, I work the works of God, and God the Father is concerned for our healing. That was true for a blind man 2,000 years ago. It is true for you. It is true for me. It's true for every person in this world. The Lord God wants to heal us. He wants to bless us. He wants to shower us with His grace because we are His creation and He loves us. He loves every single one of us, no matter our color, no matter our nation, no matter our background, no matter our sin. He loves you. He loves me. And He wants to see us healed. He would not want any one of us to be parted from Him for all eternity. We know that is true. So Jesus takes every opportunity as the Son of God to show the love of God, the light of God, before the darkness of the cross comes. And the cross is getting here in the gospel now just days away. So Jesus is showing the light of God before the darkness of the cross comes. Praise God, we serve a living Savior, and that light is still in the world today. Amen? That light shines in this sanctuary today. That light shines in your home, believer, today. Because he is still the light of the world. So this miracle, if you want to take a note, here's a very important note. This miracle is a physical picture of spiritual light. Here's the truth of why Jesus did miracles. It's a physical picture of a spiritual light. Very important. This man, born blind, had never seen light in his life. He'd lived in darkness all of his life. And Jesus was about to heal his eyes and let him see physical light for the very first time. We know he's an older guy. He's old enough to be away from his parents, away from his home, make his own living. So we know he's not just a baby. He is an older person. But I want you to listen to this. Here's the true miracle of this passage. This man's healing comes that he will see physical light. But as we get to the end of chapter 9... This man sees spiritual light. He comes to Jesus Christ as his Lord and his Savior. So he's physically healed. He's got eyesight, but he also sees the light of God with his heart and accepts Jesus as his Savior. We'll get there next week. You need to come back as we finish this chapter. But as we look at this uh, part of the chapter today, uh, as we cover the healing of this blind man, it's so interesting that his physical healing leads to his spiritual healing. It's interesting, too, that Scripture never says that Jesus spoke to him before he anointed his eyes. They walked by. The disciples asked the question, Master, who sinned? His, he, did he sin? Did his parents sin? And Jesus answered them with, without a word to the man. Jesus kneels down beside him in the dirt of the street where he sat. Without a word, Jesus spits on the dry dust of the ground and he stirs that mixture with his finger to make a clay. And then he rubs that spit and dirt mixture on the blind man's eyes. And with that, although this man really has no idea who this 
person is anointing him, he does pick up that his name is Jesus, but he knows nothing about him. But in doing this, he doesn't resist the procedure. And then Jesus tells him, now that your eyes are anointed, I want you to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. In other words, Jesus is sending him to a destination. It's very interesting for you to understand that this pool was not next door. This pool was on the southeast corner of Jerusalem, and so this blind man had to make his way through the crowds of Jerusalem, get to the city gate, go outside of the city where the pool of Siloam was. So he had to obey the word of Jesus in order to attain the healing. Jesus says, go wash outside of town, go to the pool of Siloam, and obey me in that. It was not an easy trip, but let me ask you this. If that man had said, that trip is too far, and there are too many people I'm going to have to wade through, and I'm going to have to feel my way across town to the southeastern side of the city and go outside of the city and find the pool, that's too much trouble. I'm not going to do that. If he had rejected Jesus' request, would he have been healed? The answer is no indeed. He would not have been healed. So here's a spiritual truth. When you and I know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we will obey His Word. We will obey His direction. We will go where He sends us. We will walk as He asks us. We will follow the truth of His Word and not step outside of it. That's our goal. That's our calling as men and women and boys and girls of God, that we are to follow Him in all things in obedience. The healing that we see in this passage is based on obedience. Go to the pool and wash. And he had to obey to receive the healing. Well, this blind man does indeed obey Christ, and he goes, he washes, and miraculously he comes away from that pool seeing. Now, also remember that this man had been a public figure in Jerusalem all of his life. Born blind, maybe people saw him as a little boy in the streets, but obviously they saw him day after day after day sitting on street corners begging for pennies to simply be thrown toward him so he could eke out some kind of living he was well known in the streets and now all of a sudden he's healed and people walk by him on a daily basis and now they're seeing a man who is healed isn't this the blind beggar isn't this the guy that we've seen for years sitting on the street corner begging pennies isn't it the same guy interestingly scripture says some of them said yeah that's him but others said no that's just a guy that looks like him I love the word for that our lookalike is our doppelganger that's his doppelganger. That's his twin. Somebody that looks like him, but the man is right nearby, and he hears the conversation. He said, no. Verse 9, he says, nope. No, it's me. I'm here. I'm healed. It is me. But when the people fully realize that this is the former blind man, they ask the normal question that any of us would ask today. It was a normal question 2,000 years ago. It's a normal question today. How did that happen? How were your eyes opened after all of these years how is it that you were healed? And I love his simple reply. He said, well, there's a man. His name was Jesus. He came by. He put dirt and spit on my eyes, told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I did it. I can see. It's as simple as that. I simply did what he told me to do, and I can now see. Well, it seems evident in the text that this man caught Jesus' name, but he didn't know who Jesus was. You understand? Uh, he didn't know he was the Son of God. He didn't know he was the Savior at that point when Jesus knelt by his side. 
So the people ask, well, where's Jesus now? And he simply says, I don't know. Remember, he'd never seen him. When Jesus knelt by his side, he was blind. When he came back from the pool, Jesus had moved on into the city. He wasn't there anymore. So this man had never seen what Jesus looked like. So when they said, where is he? He said, I don't know. I've never really seen him. I don't know what he looks like. Well, let's move on to the next scene of the healing. Now, this is where the ripple effects take place. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I must remind you that the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees of the Jewish faith, hated Jesus. The reason they hated him so much is because he had called out their fake and phony lifestyles and their phony attachment to God Almighty. They preached the Word of God, but they didn't know the God of the Word. They were not saved. They did not have a connection with God. Jesus pointed them out, and they hated him for it. They wanted him murdered for it. So that's the group he's talking to. So look with me. Go to verse 13 of John chapter 9, and we'll go through 25. Hear these words. They brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He said unto them, He put clay upon mine eyes, and I washed, and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man, now this is meaning of Jesus, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. They say unto the blind man again, What sayest thou of him that he hath opened thine eyes? He said, He is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him that had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who ye say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son, that he was born blind. But but by what means he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age. Ask him. He shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, He is of age, ask him. Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, You might want to underline verse 25. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. May God add his blessing to his word. This blind man, now seeing, is brought in to the Pharisees. And they question him about his healing. And the former blind man repeats all the facts about the clay and the washing, being able to see after going to the pool of Siloam. And the Pharisees say, we assure you, sir, that this Jesus is not from God. He is not of God. He's a lawbreaker. He's a criminal. He's performed a healing on the Sabbath day, the day of no work, the day of no medical procedure. You can't work on the Sabbath day. So this Jesus is a lawbreaker. And actually, according to their standard, Jesus broke the law three times on the Sabbath day. Number one, he spat And he stirred in the dust with his finger. That was work to the Pharisee. 
on the Sabbath day. Just stirring the dirt with your finger is work. The second law he broke, he anointed the eyes of the blind man. That was work to scoop up the clay and divide it out and put it on each one of those two blind eyes. That was work on the Sabbath. It was wrong. It was breaking God's law. Thirdly, the healing was a medical procedure, and medical procedures were not permitted on the Sabbath day. So Jesus was not of God. He was a lawbreaker, breaking God's law on the Sabbath. So rather than praising God for this sheer miracle, they pronounce him as a law-breaking criminal. Now, look at verse 16 again. This is to the credit of some of the Pharisees. Look at verse 16, John 9, 16. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. So, what I'm saying to you is this. This, this group as I have preached to you over the past weeks, seems to be a very hardened group against Jesus. And yet, there are some in the Pharisees who are beginning to see the light. Do you see that? We just pray that they saw the light of Jesus Christ as their Savior before they departed this earth. But we see even in the group of Pharisees that some of them are beginning to see the miracles of Jesus, being drawn to the truth of God. I think that's an important point. Well, then this group of religious leaders, scribes and Pharisees, asked this former blind man, who do you think this man is who healed you? Who do you think performed this miracle of healing upon you? And this blind man, former blind man, said in verse 17, he's a man of God. He has got to be a prophet of God. He has to have a special connection with God. Now, remember at this point, this man had not physically seen Jesus, but he realizes he's more than a mere man. He realizes that he has an unusual connection to God the Father in that he could bring this miracle of healing and blessing that he could now see physical light. And so he says, this man is a prophet. He is a unique man who has a connection with God. He is from God. Now, he had not fully come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at this point, but he is definitely on his way. He's getting there. He's moving in the right direction. He's seeing Jesus as connected with God the Father. So then the Pharisees called this blind man's parents to testify in this case, and they asked the parents two questions. Will you, can you confirm that this indeed is your son? And the second question is this. Uh, when they say, can you confirm that he is your son? Then they say, do you know how he was healed? Do you know how he could get sight after all of these years? And the parents confirmed the first question. Yes, this indeed is our son. This is our boy who was blind at birth. But then for the second question, they say, we don't know how he was healed. We do no, he is of age. You can ask him that question yourself. He is old enough to tell you how he was, born, how he was uh, brought out of blindness to see physical light. They refuse to answer the question. There's a reason for that. Really, they're sidestepping the question of who healed their son. Look at verse 22. These words spake his parents because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. So 
This man's parents realized if we say that Jesus, the Son of God, healed our son, we will no longer be able to go into the temple or any synagogue of worship in all of Israel. We will be excommunicated. We will be thrust out. We will never be able to be allowed back into the temple or synagogue once again. So we're going to sidestep the question because we're scared to give the right answer. We're scared to say who healed our son. So they hid what they believed about Jesus in fear. Scared to say who they thought he was. One final attempt, the Pharisees tell this healed man in verse 24, you can give God the praise for your sight, but you cannot lift up Jesus in praise. He's a criminal. He's a lawbreaker. He's a sinner. Now again, remember that this man is on his way to Jesus as his own Savior. But he's not there yet. As we close the scripture at verse 25 today, he's not there yet proclaiming Jesus as his Savior. But he says this, Whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I cannot tell you. But this one thing I do know. Because of him, I once was blind. And now I see. I know it. That is my testimony. I once was blind, but because of him and him alone, now I see. What a beautiful word of testimony by a man who is coming to Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. You'll see it happen next week. Well, as I close the sermon for today, I remind you that you and I have been healed as well. At birth, we were born with a disease, and the disease is called sin and lostness. And we need healing from it. It's a terminal disease. If we don't get healing from this terminal disease of lostness, we will die. And we will, according to the Bible's word, reside in hell for all eternity because of this terminal disease that takes us away. But Jesus went to the cross to heal us. Jesus gives us the healing from that terminal disease and completely takes it away that we might live for him, that we might live with him. You remember from the passage, he anointed this blind man's eyes with clay. But through the cross, he anointed you and me with his blood. He forgave us through the shedding of his own blood. He took our place of death on the cross that you and I might be forgiven. The perfect Lamb of God died on the cross that sinners could be forgiven. Praise God, I'm one of them that needed forgiveness from this terminal disease, and so are you. So is the world. The world needs the healing that only Jesus Christ can give. So if you're a believer today in this sanctuary or if you're on streaming today, if you're a believer, do do not ever be ashamed to name the name of Jesus. Don't ever be hesitant to give a witness on account of the Savior who gave you life. Tell people you worship Him. Tell people the church you go to. Tell people that you want to stand up for him in all things. I believe our world is quickly, rapidly moving to a place where Christians are going to have to stand up and courage more and more and proclaim Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior and our King and the one who is going to reign forever and ever. I think the day is coming when we're going to have to have more and more courage by the day to be able to stand up to proclaim him as the King, as the Savior, as the Lord, as our God. We're going to have to stand up that and here's what I'm going to ask you to do if you've not done this before 
You remember this man over and over was asked, give your testimony, give your testimony. Tell us how you were healed. Tell us how you were delivered from blindness. For we who are believers, you and I need a one to two minute testimony. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It should not be a half hour. The world doesn't have that much time anymore. One to two minutes that you can encapsulate how Jesus healed you. So that when someone asks you what happened in your life that you were healed, you can in two minutes tell them how Jesus came into your heart. What the segue was that brought him so that you would accept him as your Savior. Every one of us should have a testimony so we can lead somebody else to the healing of the Savior because everybody needs him. Everyone needs his healing. So the central truth I give you from Scripture today is this. Be thankful, be grateful, be faithful to publicly say, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Through Jesus Christ, my Savior. Remember the parents in this account. They were scared to name the name. They were scared to give an account of the love of Jesus upon their son. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be fearful to name the name of your Savior. And today, as we rededicate our lives, believers, to standing in courage, because we need that stand in this world in which we live, if you've never come to Jesus as Savior, whether you're here in our sanctuary or whether you're listening by streaming or outside in a parking lot at an FM signal, wherever you are, if you're under the sound of my voice and you've never come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He is here to find you. He's here to give you spiritual light. He is here to heal you. You came in lost. You can leave being found. Wherever you are, if you're in this sanctuary from your home, you can Go about your life today in a new way because Jesus Christ has found you in his love, in his grace, in his salvation if you need him. He is calling you. He's asking you. He wants you to come. He came to find you, and he wants you to receive him as Savior. He died on the old rugged cross to pay the price of your forgiveness just as he paid the price for mine. And he wants you to come. He wants you to receive him and accept him. Come this minute and just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you. I came to worship as a lost person, but I'm going to leave the worship service found in the love and salvation and grace of Jesus Christ. I came in blind, but now I see. If you need him, that invitation is yours today. Wherever you are in the world, that is your invitation today. Church home, whatever you need, God will bless you. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for these precious moments of worship. I stand in this pulpit today, Lord. Truthfully to say, Lord, Lord Jesus, there was a day that I was blind. But thank you that today I see through Jesus as my Savior. There was a day when I was lost. But I thank you today that I am found. Not because of who I am. Not because of any goodness I have ever created in my life. It is simply by the grace of Jesus Christ who came to find me. Who came to heal me. Who came to give me sight. Who came to give me a home. It is all because of Jesus that the day I can say, today I'm found because Jesus found me in his love. And I gave him my heart and I asked him to come in. Lord, if there's one here today who needs you as Savior, they can say the same thing. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I need healing. I need, Lord, for you to touch me. 
I want you. I accept you as my Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and my life, and I will follow you. I will worship you. I will serve you, and one day I will live with you for eternity. I come. I simply come. Just who I am, with all the baggage that I carry, Lord, I come and ask you to forgive me, heal me, bless me. I pray for our brothers and sisters, Father, here in this sanctuary, outside, at an FM signal, uh, by streaming signal, Lord, maybe even around the world. Help us to rededicate our lives to standing for you and courage and to say, I once was blind, but only because of Jesus Christ. Now I see. He is my Savior. Bless us as we rededicate our life to a stand of courage in this world. Bless our church that we will continue to reach out with the gospel of Jesus. And it is in his name we love you and pray. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.